So I've been talking about the Mass, and the first week we mentioned that the church says that the, the liturgy itself, when that's, and that's all the sacraments united in there, but, but holds up the Mass in a unique way, is the, the source and the summit of the Christian life. The source and the summit. That all things flow from the grace that comes through the Holy Liturgy and the sacraments, and all things flow back towards them. Now we said something uh, that, that can be a little confusing, but the church teaches us the truth that our redemption, Jesus' salvation, he's connected it to a liturgy for a purpose. That that grace may be made present to us, that, that the graces that happen on, on the cross in the open tomb can be poured into our hearts and poured into our souls and that we can participate in it. And that when the scriptures are read at mass, that it is God speaking to us. It is, it is his very word that comes through the voice of the lector. And then in the Holy Eucharist, that's like we're present at the Last Supper. Jesus instituting that, Jesus becoming the Lamb of God, connected to the sacrifice on the cross. And that when we participate in that reality, that all those graces, all those graces, from Jesus' death and his resurrection are poured into our hearts and given to us in the Mass. So as we've kind of journeyed through this and, and realizing this, um, the next question becomes is if, if all this grace is present, if all the grace that flowed from the heart of Jesus on the cross and that flows from his pierced and risen heart in heaven is open to us every time we celebrate the Mass, then how do we receive it? I mean, and if that's what's really true, then, then how do we receive that grace? And the, the church tells us, this is a document from Vatican II, it says, in order that the liturgy be able to produce its full effects, and what are the full effects? That we become saints. This is what this is, what this is about, the cross, the resurrection, Jesus moving into our lives, that we are conformed to Christ so that we can proclaim with St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But Christ who lives in me. So the full effects is that as I enter into it, as you enter into it, as we enter into it, that we're changed, that we're transformed. It says in order that it be able to produce its full effects, it is necessary that the faithful, that's all of us, come to it with proper dispositions, that their minds should be attuned to their voices, and that they cooperate with divine grace, lest they receive it in vain. So the church is saying for us to receive the font of grace and mercy that's coming to us through the Eucharist, we have to have a proper disposition. And they mention specifically that our minds are attuned to our voice. All the things that we're saying at Mass, that we're praying at Mass, that, are, that we are like not just going through the motions, but that it's really an act of a conscious act of the will that we're entering into. And that we cooperate with grace. That we make a space for God really to move and to move with Him. And there's two main obstacles that we can put in the way of God's grace working in our life in the liturgy or anywhere. And the first is, is just a lack of faith. It can seem like a hard thing to hear, but it's for all of us. Like, when I come, do I, do I really believe that God's going to move? 
Do I really believe that the Lord loves me? Do I really believe that God can change me? Especially through the participation in the sacraments. Now, none of us are going to have perfect faith. I sure don't. But we have to, at minimum, desire that we do. Minimum, begin to believe, like, something's happening here. That God is opening up a door, and it's all too easy for, for all of us, and I think in a certain way, especially priests, to come to Mass over and over and over and over and over again and go, okay, well, I'm just doing this, but not to have that willful act of faith. Now, faith is not an emotion. You know, sometimes we feel warm and fuzzy, like, oh my gosh, God is so present to me, and it's easy for me to believe. That's great, and that's cool, and I love when God does that. But real faith is an act of the will, like, Lord, I choose to believe. And it's first a gift from God, and we need to ask him, like the guy in the gospel, Lord, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Like, it is a gift that God gives, but then it is our willful, partic willful participation in it. Lord, I choose, even though I have some doubts, even though my emotions may be telling me otherwise, I choose, Lord, to believe that you died for me, that you love me, and that in this Mass, you offer those graces to me here and now. And then the other big obstacle is sin. When, when we sin, we, we either damage our relationship with the Lord, or for it's a mortal sin, we, we break that relationship of grace with Him, and if I'm placing those barriers, I'm like clogging up the pipe so the grace can flow through. And the, and the key thing here is not just sin, but unrepentant sin. We, we're all sinners in need of God's mercy. Praise the Lord for the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation. I went a week and a half ago. I go pretty often. It's a beautiful gift. But what, what really puts a barrier for us to receiving grace is when I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm good. And I, and I make friends with my sin. And there's no sorrow in my heart. There's no desire to change. That's a huge block. God wants us not to sin, but he knows that if we're trying, if we're desiring, if we're struggling, if we're coming to the grace of the sacraments, if we're moving, if we're seeking conversion, the Lord is excited and rejoices in that. But when we get to a point in our life where we're like, no, look, I know the scripture says, I know the church teaches this, but like, hmm, I'm good with it. And there's no real repentance. No, like, repentance is a good word. It's not a bad word. Sometimes we're afraid of it. It's a beautiful thing to be convicted of our sin by the Holy Spirit and to trust in God's mercy. There's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is the sense that, like, I've done something wrong. I am good. God made me good but I've done something wrong, and I need his mercy. Shame is I am bad. Man, that's not a good thing. I am bad. I'm irredeemable. God doesn't love me. Lie. But I have to recognize, yes, the Lord loves me. Yes, I am good. But in this particular way, I have hurt him. I have hurt others. I've hurt my relationship. And so I need to come and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Have mercy. And that's one of those things, our mind being attuned to our voice. So at the beginning of Mass, when we have, we call to mind our sins. Like, am I really asking the Lord to make me worthy to participate in this? Am I really mindful of the particular thing like, geez, Lord, on the drive here this morning, I was snap some more, you know, 
just really arguing with them for no apparent reason except my selfishness. So I'm not worthy to come and I ask you, Lord, make me pure. And if it's, if it's a mortal sin, again, we, we go to the sacrament of reconciliation for that. Now, positive disposition means that we are prepared to change and that we actively seek God's grace to do so. So again, I'm coming in recognition, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner in need of your mercy and grace. And, and I want to cooperate with you in that. It's positive because it expects that God intends to reveal himself and will guide us the way we should go. And that he will give us the help both externally and internally through his grace to be able to become the people he wants us to be. Again, minds attuned to the voice. Lord, have mercy. Where's my mind as my words are saying that? We're meant to, to recall that blind beggar on the side of the road who both knew of his poverty, but also knew of God's mercy. Like, I'm crying out to him because I know he's going to come. And I know I need him too. When we sing Hosanna, Hosanna, remember from last week, that means save us. Like, Jesus, you're coming. You're coming to save me through the grace of the Most Holy Eucharist. So, Lord, come to cooperate and to believe. The grace that we receive at Mass is related to three things. One, our personal faith. And again, I don't want you to hear that you have to have a perfect faith. I don't have perfect faith, okay? I wish I did. Pray for me that mine increases. But I have to come willfully saying, Lord, I believe that something's going to happen. And if I don't, if I don't believe at all, that's okay. You know what? I need to say, Lord, I don't really believe that anything's going to happen. But at least I want to. I mean, that's, that's a positive step. Lord, I, I don't believe. I'm confused. I'm scared. I'm doubting everything, maybe even your existence right now. But I want to. So give me more faith. Help me, Jesus. And then a, a certain spiritual expectancy that, that God is going to move, which doesn't mean I need to feel it. And too many times we relate our the fruitfulness of our prayer life, the fruitfulness of our spiritual life with feelings. Like, okay, if I'm warm and fuzzy, then my prayer life is really good right now. No, it might be. And if there's a dryness, then I'm doing something wrong or God doesn't love me. No. If we want to know if our prayer life and our, and our sacramental life is being fruitful, am I being changed? Am I more patient than I was six months ago? Am I paying more attention to those in need? Am I loving them tangibly? Am I giving of myself to others in a real tangible way? It's like, is, is, am I more virtuous than I was six months ago? Then, yes. Even though I don't feel anything in prayer, it's working. God's grace is moving because that's the ultimate end that's there. Now, granted, I, I like the warm and fuzzies. I'm going to confess. I like it. And it's good. And it's beautiful. And the Lord gives us that. But don't use that as your main barometer as to if your prayer is fruitful or not. And that we come with a hunger to Mass. So this faith, this spiritual expectancy, and a hunger. God, move. I, Lord, I want you. And sometimes what happens is when we fill our lives with so much noise or so many other things that we're seeking, that it's like we're stuffed. You know, like your, your mom and dad when you're a child, like, don't eat cookies all day because when it comes to... What's really going to nourish you? You're not even going to be hungry. 
And so if we're constantly filling ourselves with, with stuff all day long, when we come to prayer, when we come to the Holy Mass, we're, we're like, well, I'm, I'm full, I'm good. It should be a hunger. And so there's a certain stillness in our life, a quietness to prepare us for this. And, and I want to end with this image from Scripture. It's the hemorrhaging woman. It's powerful. Jesus is walking along the street, and it says the crowds are pressing upon him. They're literally pressing upon him, his crowds. And then this woman who's been hemorrhaging for 12 years, she's spent all her money on doctors, nothing has happened. She says, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And so somehow she sneaks her way in there. She touches the hem of his garment. And then Jesus says something. He says, who touched me? <laughs> and his disciples are like, what? Who's not touching you, man? Everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? He says, no. Power went out from me. Okay, someone touched me with an expectant faith. Something happened. This, this, Lord, I, I don't want you to hear again. Don't hear that if I come with this faith that today everything in my life is going to be magically fine. That's not it. But God is going to move. Sometimes it is miraculous in the sense of like, whoa, that's amazing. Most of the time, it's a gradual conversion, a gradual healing, a gradual movement. This is why we come for our daily bread. Because I'll tell you right now, I know in my life that if God healed and fixed everything about me right now or when I really started asking him to do it a number of years ago, I would have been perfectly fine without God because I didn't need him anymore. And it's part of our weakness and part of our, our, our struggling and limping along the way that makes us space for God in our life. And so in a certain sense, it's a mercy of God that he doesn't fix everything in our life right away so that we wouldn't fall off. I mean, that's what St. Paul says. I asked God three times to take away this thorn from my side. And God said, no, 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 no. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And St. Paul said, I, like, I know that like, <laughs> if the Lord would have healed him, he would have fallen headlong into hell through pride, totally, completely. And so our brokenness, as we come with this hunger and this faith, God moves, God heals, he does. And sometimes it's miraculous, like this hemorrhaging woman. And sometimes it's a gradual thing, which is also his mercy and his grace. Forgive me if, uh, if I seem a little bit distracted today at Mass and through, I think all of us kind of reeling from Maxwell Groover's death and all the stuff that's happening around him. Things known, things unknown. Um, so I want to invite all of us today that as we're celebrating Mass to come like this hemorrhaging woman.
to come with whatever level of faith that we have. Whatever questions, whatever fears, whatever anger, whatever confusion that we have. Lord, I got nowhere else to go, so I need your mercy. We pray for the repose of the soul of Max, for the consolation of his family, for the consolation of his friends, for the healing of, of our community. And, and this, this is the font. We should do other things. We should speak to each other. We should love. We should go to, to counselors when we need issues and those things. But ultimately, the source and the summit is here. It's here. And so let us, in this mass, here, what, or whatever else we're dealing with, let's reach out. Lord, I'm, Lord I want, I'm touching your hand. And I'm doing the same thing right now. I got questions, frustration, so many things in my mind and heart, too. When I'm here, Lord, I'm just reaching out to you, and I'm asking you to move. Lord, I need you to move, but we all need you to move. And as that happens and as we open ourselves to that, then the Lord will change us. And what's key is that as as we go from here, this is the source and the summit, but what's supposed to happen is that this is fulfilled and that we are changed and then we go out and become the light of the world. What happens to us at Mass cannot stay in this building. It needs to go outside and we need to love each other. We need to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to pay attention to those most in need and sacrificially offer ourselves for that. Otherwise, what happens here has no real effect. And so we come recognizing the blocks in our life, the lack of faith, the lack of sin. We ask God's mercy. We come with a personal faith, with a spiritual expectancy and a hunger. Lord Jesus, move. And the source and the summit in the Eucharist, your body, your blood, Lord Jesus, move. And we trust in you. So Jesus, thank you for the Eucharist, for the Mass. Heal us, transform us, change us, and let us become your light and your salt in this world. Amen.